Many people who know me think I have a perfect life. They think I've got it all together. Um, they think I'm very organized. They think I'm very professional. They think I'm very wise. And many people think I've got it all together, literally. It's so far from that. I wish I did not procrastinate or I do not procrastinate. Um, I wish I'm totally perfect in everything. I wish I've got all the money in the world I would want to have. wished a lot of things but you know wishes don't really make anything but keeping the dream alive and having a vision is really important so um on earth welcome to on earth i am ala wilcox and um I'm going to be sharing some stories, I'm going to be sharing situations, and also not just mine, stories of others, um, on how different levels of their life, the good, the bad, the ugly, have resulted to them or to us being better versions of ourselves, how it has helped us discover the strongest part of us you know um many of us don't know how strong we are we don't know the things we're capable of doing but truth of the matter is that if you pass through a particular phase in life you pass through a form of hardship if you stay hungry for two days for instance next time if you stay hungry for two days you're not going to feel it as much as you felt the first time when i mean staying hungry i mean like it's a tax that's given to you it's paramount to understand that when you pass through phase when you are when you've passed through particular tests as it were or struggle it's really difficult to find yourself seeing that phase difficult again yeah it's really that's if you decided to learn the lessons that you learned from that phase you went through or that struggle you went through so, um, I know to help us to discover ourselves. I'm sure when people hear of discovery, they're thinking of just purpose. But you are an epitome of a lot of things, a lot of things, a lot of areas, a lot of faces. For instance, I discovered that 
I am I am a forgiver. Yeah, it's weird. But I forgive easily. Very weird. But it was different tests, different struggles that made me realize this. Perhaps if I didn't go through that, there's some things that if people told me if it happened, I would say, ah, I would never forgive. I feel like telling a story, but I'm going to keep this short. Just prepare your minds as to what to expect here. And please don't judge me when you hear the worst. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad to help you in this part of discovering. Do well to share. Have a beautiful day. Bye. sweet experience for me I was loved by all don't get me wrong I was celebrated by parents of other children I was envied by my by my mates I don't know why but I think I was just a different child in the kind of environment I grew up in yeah my mom did a good job my granddad did a good job so everyone thinks Allah is intelligent, Allah is wise, Allah is a good girl, Allah has manners, Allah is this, Allah is that. But in the midst of all this, I had my own struggles as a little girl. There were things I wanted to know that I could not know. There were things I wanted to understand that I could not understand. Now, I grew up in the worst of places. So when I say my growing up is a bittersweet experience, I'm going to explain that to you right now as short as I can. So, my family was beautiful. I grew up with my mom. She was amazing. My granddad was wonderful. God bless his soul. But the environment I stayed in was horrible. I mean, really horrible. So, drugs was the order of the day sold drugs they took drugs i mean hard drugs prostitution was a norm and not even good prostitution it's not like there's any prostitution that is good but when i mean it wasn't the high class type it was more or less like the very cheap one and there was no week that we didn't have a debt in our environment on our streets 
there was literally no week i didn't see fight happening and that was the week i did not see someone being stabbed or being killed stabbed to death or people injuring themselves as a result of a fight or a clash or something yeah bottles bottles were tools in my environment it was so bad that because of the things I've seen or had seen I used to nurse anger inside of me so when I'm angry at someone what comes to my mind is just stop this person just stop this person it wasn't an easy tax then I had an auntie I loved so much and she was such a fighter like she fought with men so because she was an influence in my life I she stopped men yeah she beat men so because she was an influence because I loved her I literally always felt like stopping anyone that um, lied against me or I was angry at yeah I, I noticed I noticed this and it wasn't a good experience at all I had my struggles as a young girl that I couldn't share with anyone because like I said everyone felt Allah was the very perfect girl or the very good girl and it was so serious that my my seniors that's my family I grew up in a large family where we had lots of relatives coming to stay so I came in contact with different kind of individuals when I mean different the good, bad and the ugly and um they would come to talk to me when they have problems imagine a little girl of 10 listening to situations that were really mature probably they just needed to vent out things and that was like the dump yard where they come to dump all of their problems and issues and I would listen but I still nursing anger inside of me because I had the worst of things I had the worst of things and my environment already always gave me this impression that as I feel angry I should act a certain way and that way is balance it wasn't an easy road not at all it wasn't an easy road so I remember a guy one of our tenants that supposedly liked me had eyes on me 
and um, there's a way a house in and over here in Nigeria we used to have power failure and sometimes my parent, my mom or my granddad or any of my uncles or aunties at home sends me on an errand at night and they seize the power what this guy does is he goes to stay um, on the stairs because it's dark and he stays at a particular corner and I don't know how he, it's more it's like he monitors me literally he always wants to force himself on me so I had this fear it was so bad I had the, I had fear for the dark I couldn't stay in a dark place because anytime I did it was more or less like somebody was coming for me somebody was trying to grab me somebody was trying to fondle my breasts without my permission or somebody was holding against my mouth to shut up to be quiet when he was trying to do something that was wrong against me okay i think i'm going to stop here for this i'll continue the story in the next episode so stay tuned do well to come back I'm going to be sharing how I discovered me, the best part of me. Have a beautiful day. about in my in the other segment I'm going to call him Boy G Boy G was literally obsessed with me he was so obsessed with me funny enough I I didn't I didn't grow as fast as my um, fellow teenagers grew, I remember as a young girl going into her teenage age, where most of the girls would be saying like, "I have breasts, you don't have," and you know when we're learning puberty. And we're looking out on our body how what we're learning is actually developing on us it was I wasn't I didn't grow all that very fast it's surprising that I have all of that in perfect places right now but it didn't come as fast as my mates or my each grade of children turning teenagers came up so Boji always came to the stairs to torment me yes he was literal torment 
so i got scared of the dark i did not want to stay in the dark for any reason if i was sent on an errand and um, power goes off i'll be crying and i'll literally be crying because um of the fear of Boji being um, somewhere in the stairs um, and forcing himself or trying to force himself on me. It was more or less like um, a mental torture for me. So what I usually do was while I was downstairs if for any reason that happened power goes off i start shouting from downstairs and pleading for someone to bring um, a lantern to the staircase so that um, i can see my way through the stairs because i didn't want to go through the dark so that happened over and over and over again and in my mind i started developing some means of bringing pain to boichi but when i thought of that i had always had second thoughts like i'm going to see blood what if i kill somebody i was more of the um, thriller book kind of girl so i read lots of thrillers sci-fi crime books as a young girl so i just imagined killing someone and the repercussions of all that so it always made me pull back from whatever wicked pain my mind is telling me to do at every point in time when boy G tries to try rubbish now it wasn't just boy G there was another neighbor we we had um we had two sets of neighbors was it two or three we had two sets we had three at first then we now had two because we took over one of the flats i'll call that one uncle a so my parent my mom didn't let me go out when i say my parents i mean my mom or my granddad or both of them my family didn't let me um go out because definitely i've already said that the environment was chaotic so we had neighbors upstairs lovely family really lovely family and their children had become my only friends we went to the same school we were taken to school together we came back from school together we were we pair as it were so 
I had permission to visit them upstairs when, whenever I felt like so far as I've done my homework and um, I've set up everything I need to do at home. I've done the dishes. Um, what else? I, whatever I'd been I needed to do. So I usually visited visited them upstairs and shared my toys with them. Now their uncle that used to stay with them was I don't know. He he would he would send them out and he would lie down on top of me and act like he was riding me. Thank God he never um he never went through the acts in the I felt I felt it was wrong. I think he did that he started that even before boy G started. So um I had the fear of visiting people. Yeah. I didn't want to I didn't want to visit people because I felt if I did they were going to try to take advantage of me and now boy G has come so at some point I told my mom I remember my mom was more of a traveler she was always traveling she had different businesses she was doing so she wasn't always around so I complained to her in the room I remember she was changing up in her wardrobe okay what actually happened was an uncle of ours came to visit and when never ceased power like I said I was scared of the dark so I quickly hugged him like our uncle uncle when, when power finally went um please get lights and we know there were no phones like mobile phones i can just put on your touch while you're seated at a place because you have your phones with you they were more they were ringer phones then and he told me i should be calm i'm going to teach you i'm going to play a game with you I loved the idea of playing games so I was like okay what game do you want to play say close your eyes so I shut my eyes and he started licking my lips ew it was so disgusting so when he stopped he said you like the game I said no I don't like it so luckily um, power came almost immediately so I got off his legs and I ran off to my mom in the room and I was like mommy mommy uncle S tried to told me he wanted to teach me a game she said okay what game I said he told me to close my eyes and he was using his tongue to lick my lips and I didn't like it. It was not nice. It was disgusting. 
my mom said, are you serious? I said, yes, I am. I'm serious. And she said, don't go close to him again. If he comes, don't let him carry you again. I said, okay. I said, mommy, another thing. Boy G always stayed at the steps anytime I was climbing. And he tries to touch me. I don't like it. She said, are you serious? I said, yes. She said, okay, we're going to talk to his parents after now. Sorry. And that was how that day passed. I remember my uncles quarreling with them because of what they had after then. Because it was, it was almost like a fight that day. I was really scared. And all these incidents had built up some level of anger. Like I needed to... I needed to do something back. It's more or less like a give back for all the things I've been receiving. I need to give back something. Give back, give back, give back. <sighs> you can imagine when you look normal, everybody thinks you're okay and you are literally wishing you could even kill someone. Yes, it was that bad. So one day, okay, it's over 11 minutes. I would leave this for the next segment. So thank you for listening. Hope you listen to the next one. I'm here to help you discover you in the unlikeless way from the unlikeless stories. Stay tuned. Have a beautiful day. My tormentor, Boy G, didn't know I had plans for him. I'd had it up to here with his. Um, bad attitude yeah those parts is, it's not like he was even a good boy per se um, he seniors me um, well he had a very foul character he was very abusive there were so many things about him I hated that were against my personal standards as a little girl so I thought of (laughs) I thought of cutting his thing off yeah (laughs) seeing it now I can't I can't even believe I I can't believe I had that kind of thoughts as um, a young girl evolving into a teenager <laughs> it was I was determined yeah literally determined to bring harm to boy G so 
while I climbed the stairs for any reason, I beat against the edges of the wall. Like, I'll literally be punching on the air. Punching at the air um, in case he's somewhere, he's hidden somewhere so that um, I can fight for myself. Because he was very good at grabbing me and covering my mouth. Um, even when I shouted, my neighbor's generator won't let anybody hear me. So my house was just before an inn and they didn't spend up to two minutes when power went off to turn off their generator sets. So it was almost like you're shouting to yourself. So um, I said, okay, I was going to cut boy gisting off if he did try um, molesting me in any way again <laughs> so I was bold all of a sudden my fear turned to boldness even if it was a mixture of um, boldness and fear and <laughs> one very good day while I went downstairs. Okay, before I say that, I grew up wearing short skirts. I know some of you will be like, eh, hey, no wonder he was trying to get his way when he was wearing short skirts. Why won't it? was just something um, I liked. I had fine legs, I had straight legs, according to my seniors. So it was more or less like ah, anytime you wear the short skirt as a little girl, you know how we used to do us in our body as little children. We feel really excited when people are showering praises at features on our body. So it was one of these things for me. Um so that day I went to get candles. Yeah, I went to get candles. Because I talked to my granddad that it would be nice if we put candles on the staircase anytime um, power went off so that um, people can walk freely. So I was sent to get a pack of candles that day. And while I was coming up, or while I was just about entering the compound, lo and behold, power failure. I almost cried. <laughs> the funny part was that my granddad wasn't outside as usual. He wasn't sitting at the balcony. So I had the hard choice of going in, whether Boy G was there or not. So I told myself, if he comes close to me, I will act like um um in tune with what he's doing and immediately he brings his thing out oh god i will drag it and dance with it as hard as i can with my small hands <laughs> okay i think i was just about 12 or 13 when that happened so 
I was having sense early. I don't know if it was because of the books I read. <laughs> so, um, lo and behold, Boy Chi was there. In short, he was in the unlikeliest of places. He was standing at, um, okay, it was like a four-way stairs. It was a, a five-way stairs. So he was standing at one point. This time he wasn't hiding at, he wasn't hiding in the corner. He was just standing there. So while I was walking, I, I bumped into him. And then he, he he started off. I acted like I was in tune with him. Oh God, you don't want to believe why I did that thing. Immediately he brought out his thing. <laughs> I grabbed it with my little hand and I... I literally was pulling against it. He was shouting. I said, wicked boy, wicked boy. I continued. I did that for a while until he pushed me and he ran away. <laughs> yeah. I got the victory. Yeah, I won. Yeah, I won that. So when he ran off, I definitely ran to my house and... My mom was not around, she traveled and um, I can't even remember if I told anyone, but I quickly went to wash off my hands and I was scared, but I was happy that I could give him a sense of warning that (laughs) if he tried any rubbish with me, he was going to get it hot, like really hot. But then again, I was scared that, that my tactics won't work again. So, I told my house people I wasn't going to be going for any errand. If it was late, if they had to send me anything, they should send me early. But in the midst, in the midst of all this, as a little girl, I still was asking myself, eh, what if I killed him as bad if I did what I had in mind, like have bottle or a knife and I cut off his pee pee <laughs> this is so funny to see <laughs> that means having castrated somebody I've castrated somebody for life thank god I didn't do it thank god um, thank god I had a little bit of sense so um, boy G now had more evil plans for me it was not I was going to touch you it was more or less like I will force myself on this girl, I will have her and all that but luckily for me um, the word came to me in short one of the days when my family went out everybody went out, I was, I was home alone and I was sleeping in the living room I don't know if he heard like, I really don't understand if this guy was monitoring me I don't know if he heard me telling them I was going to open the door. Like I wasn't going to lock the door so that if they come because of the gent sound, they are knocking at my no head. So I told them that and they said okay. I was sleeping in the living room. We had a brown sofa. So it was like on the left part of the house and opposite where the so far existed was seated in 
was balcony so what i did was i opened the balcony door but i closed the nets and i lifted up the curtains and i also opened the curtains of the house because i needed fresh air and i laid down to sleep i was trying to sleep this boy came into the house like he <laughs> he came into my house and while I was sleeping he tried to touch my legs luckily for me never sustained um, power and I woke up he ran out that day I knew that I, I could not it, it, had, it has become something very bad Immediately my people came back to the house. I told everybody to my uncles. I had crazy uncles. Everybody they carried the matter for their edge. They raided the compound. They were like they warned them, warned them very well that if anything came in short, they were going to take him to the police station because this one had this one don't pass Gary. As far matter don't pass Gary. How can somebody come into your house and try to in your palo? Just because he knows nobody's there, it was bad and it was terrible. So, this particular situation with these two neighbors and my supposed uncle, not necessarily my very close uncle, just a relative of my mom that usually visited once in a while. This situation made me scared and made me have anger inside of me. So, I was quite calm, but I was always angry like i was the least thing i was i was always upset i was sweet but i had underlying issues now my mom had something she printed out i can never forget it it was pasted um on one of the doors the, the door that links our room to my granddad's room yeah and it, it said anger is a temporary madness so do nothing when you are angry because what you will spoil will be more than what cost your anger you can imagine that's been in my head <laughs> till this after over um over 21 over 20 years at least Okay, after over 18, 17 years. So, I I don't know. It somewhat captured my attention. So, I read that almost every morning when I woke up and every night before I slept. And I was chewing on those words. Anger is a temporary madness. So do nothing when you are angry because what you will spoil will be more than what cost your anger. Then there's there's another um artwork we had in our in our room. It said your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my parts. Those those two things I saw them every day. I saw them every day. That anger on it was it was so serious that I formed the song out of it. So I don't know. I'm going to try to sing. <laughs> okay. I remember what the tune sound like. Even 
till this point so it was anger is a temporary madness anger is a temporary madness so do nothing when you are angry because what you will spoil will be more than what cost your anger so that i had to form a song out of it and i literally told myself that every day then whenever i went out probably i saw people carrying bottles from malam's shop and they are breaking against themselves they have a clash i will literally be looking at them i'm like is this no madness so it was more or less like the word made more meaning to me um the more i saw i saw people acting like insane people like normal people don't behave this way so if i have it in mind that i'm going to stab somebody i'm going to break somebody's head or any of that just because the person did something wrong to me means that i'm not okay so while this was still working on me um i had a fight with my friend that's my neighbor in school then and um i can't even remember what caused the fight and it was just a, it was a silly argument it wasn't necessarily supposed to be a fight then he got a block and he hit it against my head and he was out of anger he did that we're just little children that were having a little bit of an argument like i know brain and guess what i did i picked up a bigger block and i broke his head yeah some of us were bleeding now somebody will be like are you serious allah broke somebody said i did i'd seen a lot of it that it was very easy for me to um it was very easy for me to give back what i always saw in my environment so both of us were bleeding and they took us to the sick bay and um, they treated us so when our parent when when i can't remember right now if it was his family if it was his dad that picked us up or it was my uncle that picked us up but when they came to pick us up we had bandages on our head and when we got to the house uh, was scolded of course yes we beefed ourselves for a while it was like my husband then you know that moment when two children do little little bride and what they call is a small groom a big little groom i can't remember the word for the groom but uh, we did that for his parents so we're more or less like husband and wife we we called our husband and wife finished that we so um when i got back home after that incident and i looked back at um i looked back at the right up on my mom's door it's still making more sense to me like i'm in pains why because i was angry i have a scar it's not a very visible scar thank god and thank god for my kind of skin it was on my forehead so i was I started speaking to myself like anger is madness so 
I just started talking to myself and re-evaluating my mind. Re-evaluating my mind until violence was no longer an option for me. So, because of that incident and because of what I have read um, through these months and invariably years, I stayed reposition in my mind why do i have to act the way every other person will act so what what should be the better thing for me to do that was how it started so my journey to becoming a better person started as a result of anger is a temporary madness something that was written and pasted against a door in my mom's room in our room that was how my journey started so, I started seeing things in different lights, and uh, basically, that's it. So, for today, on unearth, this is one of the ways I unearthed forgiveness. Is there any word like unearthed? <laughs> but that's it. So, thanks for listening. Hope you come back, and this is the end of this episode. Bye.